0: Hello. She finds him running through the graveyard. He's being chased by someone. Uh, Chapter three. He's not actually being chased by someone. <laughs> He's chasing after a dog.
1: This is darker than other Goosebumps books we've had. Which mm. are both yeah, The two we've done before have been sort of a bit silly as well as a bit creepy. Mm. But this, from here on out, you get like the, the, the physical horror bit of
0: it just gets ratcheted. It. It so sort of started off. Tweens version of Turn of the Screw, moved into a tweens version of sort of Day of the Dead, and ended as a (laughs) tweens version of Red as the Lost Eye. Hello, welcome to the Shark Liver Oil Halloween (laughs) Spooky Special. Woo! Oh yes. (laughs) It's that time of year again. It's actually a little bit past that time of year again. So let's start with an apology. We're a couple of days late to do the Halloween spooky special. Um, We're actually recording this um, on the day of the US presidential election 2020, which has its own that sort of air of, sort of unease and horror about it, isn't it?
1: I, I did wonder whether whether we were going to dig into that as the sort of as the parallel. And uh, kudos for going there. I think we all we can all agree that we need some escapism right now in stories of closed ended horror.
0: Yes. So I'm Matt. I'm Dave. Hello. And today is yeah. We always pick a a spooky book, and uh, and sometimes it's the classics. Gra- you know this year it was a toss up between um the turning of the sc- the turn of the screw <laughs> um and goosebumps welcome to dead house <laughs> <laughs> which
1: and I think it tells it's it's extremely on brand for us as a podcast isn't it that we would choose the first goosebumps book the first one though I mean we are doing the classics we're going back to absolute you know the number one goosebumps example we're not messing around here and I think who amongst us can say that they wouldn't frankly prefer that to the works of uh, one of America's foremost writers of gothic fiction?
0: Yeah, so you know what I did find, so we're going to do basically our third Goosebumps book um, of... I not
1: believe it's been three now yeah. as well. I was sitting there, I was reading this for this podcast and I was just going, I've read a lot more Goosebumps books as an adult than anyone ought to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and also than you did as a child which is interesting also
1: considerably more than i did as a child because when i was a child and i have to say on reading this i i stand by this decision i thought i wouldn't enjoy it very much <laughs> and, and and i think age 10 i would have been goodness me yeah this would not have been my cup of tea back then
0: yeah so so it's the so we're doing the first the first book in the goosebumps series which we've come to realize is an extensive series it's called welcome to dead house and i just thought Let's see the first one because it's probably going to be one of the best because he's you know he's fresh he's hungry R.L. Stein <laughs>
1: said, the first bucket of water from the well is always better than the 956th bucket of water from the well and that is a fact
0: yeah and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say there are large parts of this I actually thought was rather good um, there, are, there are there are issues with other bits. Um, but yeah, um, we'll we'll get through it. So it's going to be a page by page guide. We'll do it in one episode because it's not a particularly long book. And um, yeah, if you want to hear uh, our takes on a couple of the other Goosebumps books that we've done in the past, we've done what do we do? Welcome to Horrorland. And, oh yeah uh, What was the, What was last year? Oh The Cuckoo Clock of Doom Which was good
1: The Cuckoo Clock of Doom, that's right Because Welcome to Horrorland was actually like I mean as horror fiction it was bollocks But it was a really enjoyable read mm-hmm. And then The Cuckoo Clock of Doom was more like He'd written a 500 word short story And then had to find a way to blow it up to the 10,000 words necessary <laughs> So you could sell it to Late 80s American teenagers For sort of $10 a pop or whatever <clears throat> Um, so this is an interesting. I, I feel like there's one on either side of the ledger in terms of how good Goosebumps has been for us so far, and I'm really I'm interested to see where we land on this yeah. one as the, as the tiebreaker.
0: This is the crucial swing book. Let's find Absolutely. out. So, <laughs> so, so we start with it's a. This is about Amanda, um, a as 11 year old girl and her little brother Josh. Uh, they're just moving to a new a new house in a new neighbourhood. It's a bit of a fixer upper. Um, it looks an absolute state, but it's sort of like a mansion size. And um, the dad, I love, I always love the dad character in these because oh, he's, he's always say, basically, right. yeah, he's always basically Stan's dad from um, from South Park.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's Stan's dad, but thicker, like Stan's dad, but more like. Like one dimensionally, infuriatingly obtuse about things. <laughs> I I have to ask questions here about what R-, R L. Stein's relationship with his own parents was like. If like if he's able to, because he taps in. This is a big thing in Goosebumps. Your parents are always idiots. Like they're always totally willing to ignore every slice of evidence that anything strange might be going on, and they're always willing to make really stupid life decisions. Such as, for example, <laughs> the way they get this house is an absolute classic. It's from the from right in the middle of the of, of the pack of uh, of good setups for a horror story they get a letter they get a letter from a lawyer saying congratulations your great uncle charlie has left you his big old house and the dad just goes brilliant and the kids go who's great uncle charlie and he goes i haven't got a clue but he's got a house let's go
0: <laughs> details never mind that details never mind cut. all of that <laughs> what could
1: possibly go wrong
0: yeah so um so yeah, they turn up in Dark Falls. Um, I'm already smiling. <laughs> in,
1: in Spookyville, in, in in all is not as it seems, Berg.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there is a, a a definite sort of feel that Dad here is just, as you say, decided. Don't ask many quite too many questions. Just just take the house. Um, yeah, it's a yeah, it's it's a fixer-upper, like I say, but it, it's massive. It's this big old house um i quite one of the things I quite like about this is um Arlstein's very good at picking things that you might find a little bit scary as a child and then mm-hmm. then sort of adding the big sort of dose of the supernatural, so yeah. moving to a new town and a new house yeah. that will be that will really chime with a lot of people sort of who this is aimed at a lot of children who yeah have found moving house to be unsettling and then you just turn the dialogue
1: yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much, and like, and I'm, I've gone straight into taking the piss because this is the shark. But it, 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 you are right that this one has already—it's got a sight more sort of uh, plot structure chops than, for example, the cuckoo clock of doom does, where the inciting incident is man buys clock. <laughs> um, <laughs> This is a lot more rooted into the old childhood experience.
0: Yeah. Um, I also think we just mentioned that, like, dad, mom and dad never know what the hell's going on in these books. That's part of sort of the attraction for kids as well, isn't it? It's like knowing better than the parents. Yeah, Um, yeah. And the one that the kids know better than the parents, but in this case... The dog knows better than the kids because this dog <laughs> he just spends the entire book kicking off um, and just being extremely unhappy with the situation here. Um, straight away, he's normally really uh, good-natured, is Petey, but um, yeah. immediately they turn up at this house. There's this estate agent called Mister Dawes, and uh, and the dog immediately starts growling at him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and he just and, and he's like, it's actually a really good little sketch of like a like a, a character who you're not quite sure whether he's trustworthy or not, because he kind of laughs it off, doesn't he, when the dog goes and he goes, oh, he must smell something on me or something, and it's sort of plausibly <laughs> chirpy comment, but also slightly something like, yeah. like what, like <laughs> the stench of
0: the undead, perhaps, <laughs> yeah. So um, we we get the first little look at the house um, and uh, Amanda goes in, takes a look around and looks like she's going to get this big ensuite suite room which she's excited about. But then yeah. she thinks she catches sight of a boy in the doorway um, but he runs off before she can sort of find out a bit more. Is it, in the, is it in the window? It might be in the window, actually.
1: Um, I think it is in the window. I was a bit confused about the sort of architecture of this hmm. this house. Cause she, so, I mean, there is a lot of i think i just saw a child standing somewhere in the house mm. in this that's the that's the primary m- method of creepy uh, w- which again i think is actually like i think that's a fairly a fairly common thing to think you've seen something or somebody out of the corner of your eye mm. is a great little bit of bit of creepiness <laughs>
0: yeah and this chapter ends we, we get straight into the every chapter's a cliffhanger ends with um, josh and Petey have disappeared
1: <gasps> I, I I love R.L. Stein for this. I love and that's not a bad little cliffhanger, right? Spooky town. It's called Dark Falls, so we're already sort of halfway there and mm. then her your dog starts acting weird, so we're in a sort of cujo type place. Mm. and then her brother disappears. Yeah. Um, this is better than what was the one at Horrorland where they were going down a slide and then they reached the end of the slide. And that was, the cliffhanger happened in the middle of those two
0: things? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yes. Probably the best warning you know, some of the cliffhangers aren't the best, but they're always there. You can rely on them They're a touch watery. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so Josh is run off. Um, Mr. Dawes says, oh, you know, um, our best for getting off too. Um, This will become sort of relevant later, but he's wearing a big cowboy hat, keeping the sun off him. Um, So Josh is... Oh, I totally didn't even get that. I was just sure. like, yeah, why is he uh, okay? Avant
1: garde dressing choice, you know, <laughs> village people fan. Great.
0: You yeah, just thought maybe he's a Texan, just sort of come up to make his way in wherever this uh-huh. is. So.
1: Yeah, mm. the fundamental, I think, you know, we're, we're glimpsing the dark heart of this novel, Matt, which is that men in cowboy hats are not to be trusted.
0: Mm hmm. Well, mm. what well, about awesome. little boys running through your graveyard? Because this is where we get to with chapter two. So
1: <laughs> I thought we ended
0: up at the graveyard quite
1: quickly here. What did you think about that?
0: Yeah, no, messing around. Um, I like this. So chapter two is very short. Basically, she goes after Josh. She finds him running through the graveyard. He's being chased by someone. Uh... Chapter three is not actually being chased by someone. He's chasing <laughs> after the dog. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I saw something terrible about to happen. Actually, what I saw was a child running playfully, which is, to be fair, fairly normal.
0: Yeah. So, um, Dad uh, D- dad catches the dog. Um, mm. And, uh, and yeah, sort of Compton Dawes, the estate agent, who's still hanging about, gives him his card and says, you know, keep in touch. But um, everything's sorted for the house. All going through. Don't worry about the paperwork. Um, yeah, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> <That's>
1: just, again... <laughs> In childhood I would have not have known how suspicious A sentence that is to come from an estate agent But honestly at this point in my life I'm like no, does, I don't have to worry about the paperwork With this new house I've just purchased Just, just inherited uh, Right something is not on the up and up here <laughs> This, this yeah. is an industry That revolves around misery Why are you saying it's easy What's going on
0: we then move into sort of a seasons change, like it's a little bit of timeline as the next few weeks pass. And, uh, they have, uh, their last sort of night in their old house. I thought this stuff was quite nicely written, quite well observed for like what would again, chime with mm. the children moving house. Um, yeah. because Amanda's nervous about the move. She sort of thinks about how she's having her last breakfast in this house and her last sleep in her house. She's leaving her yeah. friend Kathy behind. Um, this is one of those ones where you realise how big America is because yeah. this, the four, they're going to be four hours drive away which yeah. um, is sort of presented as too far to pop round for a coffee but not sort of that far in the grand scheme of things whereas it'd yeah. feel like just the other side of the world in, in the UK <laughs>
1: yeah yeah. If it, in order to move four hours away from the place you grew up in England you'd have to make sure that you started on one of the edges hmm. of England and we're moving to one of the other edges of England basically <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, so they arrive for the first night at their new house. It's not a great start. It's raining, it's dark, the dog's howling, and there's a little boy standing <laughs> in the window who again disappears. It's <laughs> like, I
1: warned you about this place. How could I be clearer about the situation? I ran off and I went directly to the graveyard. What more do I need to give you here? Oh! <laughs> but nobody's listening because nobody listens to the dog
0: yeah i I do like so there's a little boy again who so the first time i was wrong the first time amanda sees him in the doorway the second time she sees this little boy in the window at the house she goes upstairs and there's nobody but she hears footsteps um I, i do like the slow build here of the you know seeing seeing things in the house and she hears laughter and voices every now and again and a few things just start getting put out of place which she can kind of explain away but really it all adds up to something strange is going on and it's funny because I I did mention that I was reading The Turn of the Screw um, by Mm. Henry James at the same time because I always actually read a couple of horror books over Halloween and there are little echoes of that in here, it's like a kid's version of it because a lot of that story is this woman just seeing things that she's not sure are are really there and and the the people aren't doing anything, they're just sort of standing there but it's really yeah. frightening just for, just for that.
1: Yeah, just for what they might represent and what they what they tell you about how the character's feeling about being in this sort of new and unfamiliar yeah. environment, and and yeah, and all of that. Yeah, no, absolutely, it does do creepy incredibly well. Actually, like I was, as you know, I'm not one to um, uh, to <laughs> uh, over compliment a Goosebumps book, but you're right. It did this did creepy really really well
0: so yeah chapter four uh we just sort of did the, the best bit of the book there in how it should, they're building the creepiness up quite well is rl stein yeah. um yeah. but then we get another pretty pretty bad cliffhanger <laughs> where you got like it's chapter four is there's a hand on a shoulder a boy <clears throat> it, it's josh so, I, just,
1: <laughs> I mean, this—I actually thought there's quite a few points during the, this first early phase, which is really creepy and, and really good at it. But this whole thing of it being a boy that she keeps seeing mm. when she has a younger brother, just constantly under every single time, it was like I saw a boy at the window. <laughs> like, yes you have a younger brother who is probably not just standing next to you so he's probably somewhere else in the house running around presenting himself at windows and shit <laughs> like it was it's just like really like make it a girl make it another girl I saw a girl oh, hmm. yeah. you know like that would work better yeah. there was a hand on my shoulder and it turned out to be my brother yeah nice one <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think Josh was trying to scare her because she decides in chapter 5 to just do a bit of bit of tomfoolery and get her own back which involves her sort of playing dead on the floor and ends with the dog <laughs> licking her face
1: <laughs> <laughs> the dog being like listen I'm the creepiness meter in this in this household <laughs> and I'm certain you're not dead so I'm just going to be adorable
0: hmm? yeah uh, chapter six is her first night in the house um, she's moving to a room it's weird looking around and seeing all her things but in a new place which again mm. yeah I, I, I remember that when I was little um yeah. she can't sleep i don't remember this bit she can't sleep and she awakens in the night to hear whispers coming from behind the curtains and the curtains are sort of fluttering even though the yeah, windows no. closed
1: that's um, a, that's a good that's a, that's a good moment yeah. let's not talk about what how that how what the execution of that is on the ghostly side of things which, <laughs> spo- spoilers we're coming to but it's <laughs> Like really, really weird thing that this town, which well, okay, we'll get to I'll do I'll do this later. But it's <laughs> just, curtains particularly? Why?
0: Yeah. I give I give that a solid eight on the creepometer.
1: Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I just you know, I, I'm just concerned for the logistics of this whole <laughs> thing is what I'm saying.
0: She has this nightmare <laughs> where um they're having a family dinner, but they're all dead. They're all skeletons. Yeah. And then yeah. Kelly is banging on the door outside, and she wakes up, and and the curtains are blowing on their own again. I think yeah. I, I would say, yeah, at this point, the book is at its strongest that it gets, which is yeah. it's dialing up the creepiness. The creepometer's up to nine now, and um, <laughs> and yeah, it just just feels like yeah. we're in a, a, a sort of an interesting and sort of creepy place.
1: Very much, and I was actually thinking about this. I usually find dream sequences in books completely insufferable, because they go on for ages, and it's just basically an author's excuse. We di- we did this when we did the flipping House of the Undying in, um, in uh, oh. The Song of Ice and Fire. Exactly. That is my response to it. I'm just like, yeah, fantastic. You once took acid. I get it. But this isn't doing anything for anybody, and I've got to wade through five pages of this in case in the middle of it I learned something important. But this, I actually thought was a really good dream sequence, nightmare hmm. sequence, because it it takes the creepy to the next level, it's skeletons and stuff, you know it's kind of it's that kind of icky kind of you know um not just psychological but physical horror and um and it and, yeah, it's foreshadowing in that, but it's actually just it's really good bit of work, and it's a page long hmm. in this case, R. L. Stein's inability to write any chapter longer than about a thousand words absolutely puts him in the Premier League as far as I'm concerned this was Brilliant.
0: <laughs> yeah um so breakfast. Uh, mum and dad say um, you know, you two leave the house and go explore because we've got some unpacking to do which I expect is you know, they just want a bit of a lunch. <laughs> oh yeah, unpacking to do <laughs> how did
1: I not see that in this, that's hilarious actually <laughs> that, is, that is basically perfect writing for sort of, for like rising teenagers isn't it, of mm-hmm. like kind of just, just leave the house for a little bit we've got stuff to do bye <laughs> yeah. bye
0: now it's almost like R.L. Stein's listening to you Dave because you ordered one creepy girl to replace creepy boy and um, this is who appears so she um, what a pro yeah Amanda goes to climb the stairs looks up to the top and sure enough creepy girl with a scary smile Ooh. standing at the top
1: Ooh. Mm-hmm.
0: Um chapter 8 Josh is creeping about the house again. Uh, Josh loves a bit of creeping. I don't know why. <laughs> he does. He does. I just
1: by when at the end of this when all this is over I sort of wanted I wanted uh, Amanda to turn to Josh and be like, "Look, did you see it was not helpful at all, was it? Was it helpful <laughs> you being like this?" No, it was not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um so this girl's this girl's gone again. Um, but there's a pile of clothes out in her room, um, which is, again, strange. Yeah. The bedroom window's yeah. open, all the clothes are laid out, whisperings coming from the wardrobe. It's all building. But it's, yeah. it's it's just reaching a bit of a tipping point for me now, where it's getting to the stage where it, it's just too much to be explained away, and she should be far more <laughs> alarmed than she is now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought the clothes thing was a really, really good little bit of domestic detail, because, like, as a kid your room contains your bed your toys and your clothes right mm. and so like the fact that they're out there is it's just it's extremely familiar and also extremely unsettling that they should be there without having been put there mm. and so actually that's a great little recipe for creepy but I agree with you that at this point she really does need to go and talk to her brother who clearly is an expert in horror fiction already <laughs> given his, his grade A fake haunting she needs to go and talk to him and be like look in the books you read, would you say that the whispering the curtains and the clothes on the bed and the dog freaking out and the strange prominence of a cemetery in the first five minutes of our presence in a new town with a spooky house, should any of this be worrying me?
0: <laughs> well, she does talk to her brother here and he um, he sort of collaborates her story in a sense in that it means she realises it isn't just her, it's not just in her head because he talks about this dream he had. And how he woke uh, up and and there were two boys in the room giggling
1: uh, mm. that's some creepy business
0: right yeah. there so this yeah. so they decide to go for a walk um so they go out with a uh, with pete walking the dog going down this quiet street um this boy turns up a real one this time um, and, and he's scared of the dog the dog again just kicking off <laughs> just
1: and he says the same thing I love this the dog goes nuts and he goes oh he must smell something on me which is like clearly for the various ghostly denizens of this town of death and doom and despair like they've just they've received very minimal training on seeming normal Yeah. and like if, if somebody should turn up with a dog just and and he doesn't like you because you know ghost. Just say he smells something on you. Don't don't go into it more than that. Do you? <laughs> a, just just he smells something on you. That'll do. That'll do. Yeah. As long as you
0: are talking to eleven year olds, you'll get away with it. And here is something that makes me suspicious of this guy. He's a little boy, and his name's Ray Thurston. I don't yeah. know any little boys called Ray. I think not, I, not yeah. since the seventies
1: zero little boys called Ray. It's like me and a little boy called Keith, isn't it? It's, just, it's not going to happen. <laughs>
0: Keith. Uh, Ke- Keith, aged eight.
1: No, it's not happening.
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the dog's kicking off again. Um, Amanda says, this is a bit on the nose, Amanda looks around and says, about how, it's, how quiet it is, it's really dead round here. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Come on. And you've
1: got a... <laughs> hats off, hats off to R.L. Stein, of course. He doesn't, he can't be having with subtext. No, 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 absolutely not. There will be text and nothing above nor below. This town's really dead.
0: <laughs> now Ray, Ray says um, that he had, because the, basically Amanda thinks she recognizes him. Says you're the little boy who was in our house, and he says, "No, I've I've not been in your house in a long time. I did used to live there though." and thought oh okay then Karen Somerset so, turns but, up but she doesn't say when oh, she doesn't say when but she doesn't
1: also say so does that mean we're related then since we inherited this in a distant <laughs> oh, relative yeah. that we'd never heard of are you my cousin or something like that device is just completely forgotten I dear used to live in your house mm. before your uncle and before a number of other people who are also going to tell you that they lived in here. you know probably better for me not to mention where i used to live that doesn't seem to be useful information for you at this time carry
0: on normie me, there's a there's a little bit of an element of one day at Horrorland here where we had the the <laughs> horrorland horrors these monsters who kept showing up and saying yeah. something a bit spooky and then the main characters would just sort of let it go and just leave (laughs) leave the horrors hanging and it feels a bit like that's what's happening with these kids as well they come up and say something pretentious uh, pretentious, like (laughs) I used to live in your house and Amanda's Uh -uh. just like okay and then Karen (laughs) oh did you (laughs) (laughs) then Karen Somerset turns up another little girl another kid here um, Mm. and she says the same thing sort of as she's passing oh I used to live in your house and Amanda thinks strange but doesn't say anything else
1: but doesn't say anything else like Hang on a minute, how long did you... Are you related? Did Is there some sort of horrific septic tank leak that we haven't smelled yet in the house that <laughs> means people live there for a maximum of six weeks and then move hurriedly onwards? Yeah.
0: Now, they, they come across a, a sort of a, a big group of children um, near the school, and uh, the, these children all sort of come over to say hello. Um, <laughs> PT just starts losing his mind again. <laughs>
1: Tell you, say what you like about this dog. He's committed to it, isn't he? He's not, he's not making his peace with the situation. He's going to bark and growl and, and kick shit up for as long as it takes for somebody to listen to him.
0: Yeah. Now, th- this gang forms a circle around the new arrivals, and two kids with baseball bats sort of step forward <laughs> menacingly and that's the cliffhanger for chapter 9. <laughs> that's,
1: that's a pretty tasty cliffhanger, isn't it? You go from walking through the new town you moved into, slightly strange stuff about everybody apparently having once lived in your house. And then immediately there's a there's a menacing circle with <laughs> baseball bats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and 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 then and then oh well and, and obviously we're coming to this. And then they're just like, oh, yeah. I guess that's just something people do here because they become friends with these people.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so what happens there? Chapter ten. Mister Dawes, the uh, estate agent, is passing by, and he sort of intervenes, says, "What's going on over here?" And uh, (laughs) the kids, in a classic like gang of kids way, just immediately like, oh, yeah, just yeah, just just (laughs) saying hello. Yeah, Uh, you know, we were
1: just what the baseball bats? No, because we're off to play. Base, baseball we play baseball we're, we, we were just carrying the balls and the bats to the baseball place yeah. in a menacing circle yeah it's um it's traditional
0: do you know do you know who isn't going to try and play it cool <laughs> P- pt turns <laughs> P- to pt t- the mvp <laughs> turns to turns to mr dawes you're getting some too and he starts going mad you're having it,
1: it. <laughs> 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 I'd have loved it there if Dawes still only had one line to respond to this situation and just kind of ran away, going, "Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it's the smell, I don't know what
0: it is." <laughs> he, Pete is basically the sort of like embarrassing Larry mate on a night out who's had too much to drink and just wants to fight everybody. <laughs> just having <laughs> it, absolutely having it. you have just, just going to constantly apologise for him just the entire <laughs> time.
1: Listen, I'm uh, look, I'm sorry. He's just he's a. He, <laughs> Product of his environment. All right, he's he's he's, he's rough diamond. Okay, just get off his trousers, would you? Stop biting him. I've I've had nights out like that.
0: Now, as you say, these um, these kids are quite resilient and water off a duck's back sort of approach to life. In that, within five minutes, they're all having a game of baseball together. It's actually going pretty well. Um, Amanda seems to be playing quite well. Um, She they play a couple of innings. She's really getting on with this girl called Karen. And then the sun comes out, and immediately it, it's like it's like a it's like a primary school when it started to rain. Like it's everybody yeah. in straight away done. Yeah, yeah, we're off. Yeah. So so suddenly the way they sort of the the excuse to give these kids is, oh, we promised the parents we'd be in like soon, and then, then the they'll mo- leave.
1: The, what at two thirty four in the afternoon? Exactly. Yeah, it was exactly that time. I oh, know I promised my mum I wouldn't go out in the sun. Um, because of uh, space rays. Anyway, bye!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now what we find out later in the book is that uh, these these children all have a secret and they're trying to sort of draw the kids in without letting them know. It feels Mm -hmm. like Karen can't quite help herself because she's already mentioned she used to live in the house and as they, all the kids are leaving now she sort of throws that over her shoulder again and goes by the way like I said before you used to live in your house and then walks <laughs> off it's,
1: it's such a weird thing to think about isn't it it's particularly when like they're all running to the horizon or to the nearest shade pool presumably uh, because you know it seems their survival depends on it hmm. But she's still going to take time to reiterate the creepy thing that Amanda apparently didn't pay attention to last time, just to make sure that she's heard it. Listen, I've got to tell you, I used to live in your house.
0: Hmm? Ooh.
1: Anyway, bye! Going to die in the sunshine, bye!
0: <laughs> now, the um, we move on to sort of a bit of time passing now. The days go by... There's sort of it's in a, in a whirl of giggling and curtains rippling and girl there's the girl on the landing again. Um, Pete's Pete still kicking off with anyone who comes near the house. <laughs> Eventually, Pete's just had enough and he runs off. Um, he's gone. He's no one's listening to him. His, his warnings yeah. and you feel, he just disappears. I won't stay where I'm not wanted. Yeah. So so they go they go looking for him and again it's you get those sort of we're getting those parallels with just. A lot of people's childhoods here. The sort of horror of losing a pet and trying to find them again, yeah. um, and they they sort of go out in the car looking for him. They can't find him anywhere, and um, it's sort of it, it adds to the sort of general stress of the of the children. Yeah. Um, they get home at night and sort of in the, <laughs> what feels like I don't think it's the middle of the night, but it must be quite late. Um, it's way after dark, and they're supposed to be in bed. Josh turns up in. um in Amanda's room, with his sort of torch on, and says he's just had a brainwave and he knows where Pete is. He must be at the graveyard because he <laughs> ran there the first time they the came round, and we should go to the graveyard now. In the dark. immediately, immediately, yeah. What, yeah.
1: What, what could in in the town of Dark Falls, where we've already had, yeah, you know, fairly. I think you could measure by the ton the number of creepy st- things that have happened <laughs> since they moved to this town his master plan is to go to the cemetery at midnight
0: <laughs> This I, I had a brief, briefly wondered here if Josh was in on it, such as this the, the, the sort of bizarreness of this plan I wondered if Josh yeah, was like part of the part of the town
1: It's it's almost like that, it's almost like uh that um uh, that like that famous horror movie cliche of you know like don't go outside don't split the party um that sort of thing um like but raised to 11 like I just I there's just absolutely no reason why you should go looking for this dog in the <laughs> middle of the night in a cemetery none, none. it is even stupider than you know, locking all the doors, but the call was coming from inside the house. <laughs> like, it's it's oh it's as if he's eleven years old, frankly, Matt. Honestly, I don't know what to do with this. Kid.
0: Yeah, I mean they have laid a bit of groundwork in that he, he is a bit of a spoiled child, apparently. So, you know, he wants stuff to happen now. He's not he's not accustomed to waiting. He wants to go and get his dog back. <laughs> balls. One to begins to
1: see is. where Petey gets his his tenacious self-centeredness from.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, <clears throat> they um, the, the other thing is they don't they don't feel any need to like let mum and dad know. I would have done that. That would be my first. But if if I'd have suddenly woke up in the night and realised where my dog was, and the dog would happen to be at the cemetery in the middle of the night, I'd probably pay oh, a quick visit to mum and dad's <laughs> bedroom and say, <laughs> "I could get <laughs>
1: Yeah, but but you're forgetting, Matt, you're forgetting that you you have real parents with, you know, rounded personalities and functioning <laughs> brains. You do not have goosebumps parents. Useless, lazy, meandering uh and and as we've discovered on this call, apparently uh, you know, uncontrollably sex-hungry parents who are only focused on themselves and will send their children out into any and all threatening circumstances just to get a little bit of time to themselves. I think, I think within this story universe this is the only rational response doing it, going by yourselves instead of having to have a five, five page argument with your parents where they're distractedly looking at whatever they're looking at instead of paying attention to you and what you need I think, yeah R.L. Stein parents do not come well out of this story
0: Yeah, so um, they, they head out into the night to the cemetery um, it's all obviously eerily quiet on the streets and then footsteps from behind them. They're being followed. It's Cliffinger. It's it's Ray just sort of wandering about in the dark. It's Ray. It's a, a,
1: a fellow. Greetings, fellow twelve-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> we all out for a nice midnight stroll, as per usual.
0: <laughs> so Ray's just out for a walk. Um,
1: it, <laughs> I'd love it if he got really sort of old, old before his time. About this, and just been like, oh, I love just being out in the moonlight, away from the hustle and the bustle of the everyday world. It's just, yeah. do you not just feel restored as a human?
0: <laughs> and he, uh, Ray's like, look, you can't go to the cemetery. That's a really bad idea. Don't go to the cemetery. And um, and they're saying, why why not? Just just don't. I can't. There's not much I can say beyond that, but. Only for me to say, this is a a phenomenally bad idea to go to the cemetery (laughs) in the middle of the night in Dark Falls. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. You're in the town of Dark Falls. Don't go to the cemetery. That's (laughs) two out of three on your Am I About to Get Killed in a Horror Story bingo card.
0: Hmm. Don't. (laughs) Um, They ignore poor... Ray. And <laughs> of course <laughs> they do. Of course they do. Um, and off they go to the cemetery. Um, it turns out there's a sort of, I don't know, there's there's a weird kind of in in the, it's sort of a bit of a depression in the middle of the cemetery. There's this amphitheater with a with a big tree <laughs> for, over
1: it. For all of the for all of the what the funerals, the interments that that attract a massive audience. That wow! Everybody, everybody wants to get a good view. Wow!
0: Ray, Ray describes it as a meeting place. Uh... Um. Well, there is a meeting that happens because Pete's here. Hey. Um, uh, mm, but <laughs> 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 maybe not because oh, um, no. he's not kicking off anymore. Um, yeah. He, he's sort of more sullen than furious. <laughs> um, he stinks he's he's, oh. he's acting differently and he sort of runs off again oh. so he's still got that he's got a bit of a spring in his step but something's happened there
1: yeah he's he's, he's kicked off the mortal coil mm. I think is what we've got there yeah zombie dog I thought we were going in a full Cujo direction here again I thought we were going full <laughs> creepy dog
0: they're gonna just sort of go for the face yeah, I mean, not necessarily.
1: Like, suddenly, two-thirds of the way through, this little chiller for tweens turns out to be have a really graphic description of a dog savaging a 12-year-old.
0: That would have been dark.
1: That would have been... I mean, although this is darker than other Goosebumps books we've had, which mm. are both... Yeah, the two we've done before have been a, sort of a bit silly as well as a bit creepy. Mm. But this... This ends up in sort of full-on... Um, from, from here on out, you get like the, the, the physical horror bit of it just gets ratcheted more and more and more. Yeah. But probably not enough for a dog to bite somebody's face.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the dog runs off, and they suddenly notice a familiar name on one of the gravestones next to them. Karen Somerset died Ooh. 12 years old. They look at some of the others, and it's the names of some of the other children they've been playing baseball with: George Carpenter, Jenny Franklin, Bill Gregory, and here's the kicker, Dave, Ray Thurston.
1: And then, Rick- okay,
0: that's a that is an earned cliffhanger. Yeah. that
1: was an earned one. Some of these, some of these, for example, my brother was standing directly behind me, not earned. This was on.
0: Yeah, and Ray creeps up and goes. Yes it's me I'm so sorry Amanda um, He said chapter 13 He says you weren't supposed to find out yet
1: Right Okay. So, <laughs> so, so something's going down here And they weren't supposed to find out yet So what's with Four weeks ago Immediately upon meeting them Every child, apparently dead child, in this in this community, surrounding them in a circle and getting out the baseball bats. <laughs> well, they, it's just just like just like kids on Christmas morning simply cannot wait to do the exciting bit, like <laughs> opening your presents at four in the morning, beating up the new kids in town before they've even even had a chance to have all these creepy experiences first.
0: <laughs> I am um, I like how just phenomenally poor. Ray has been at being the watcher and keeping them away from the graveyard. He basically <laughs> asked them not to go, and then you know that was that he just
1: <laughs> <laughs> just don't don't go there. Where we're going. Oh, see tra- again, again, the training that these people have received to fulfill the roles just just really is not sufficient, is it? It's just <laughs> he's got absolutely nothing in his back pocket when somebody says no, like, don't go to the graveyard, I'm going to go to the graveyard. All right. Um.
0: <laughs> well, I'm. Well, I did what I could. <laughs> that's,
1: it. that's it. No, that's it. Isn't it? actually. It's either really poor training or just like a, a completely undermotivated undead workforce who were all just like, did my job. It's out of my hands now. I did. I went. I said the thing. I did the. Yeah. Whatever. Don't care. Clocking off. <laughs> it's nearly six in the morning. It's time to go
0: home. Yeah. Now, you, briefly, you wonder: Should we feel sad for these for these ghosts? Is it a you know? No, you shouldn't because they've killed the dog, Dave. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they
0: oh, have gone and killed the dog.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's where he flicks the switch, isn't it? From potential melancholy to definite, definite bad just slags. sort of, Oh no. Okay. Yeah. They're just they're the bad ghost slags as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So PC's dead. He, he's, uh, so he's running about as a zombie dog um, Ray explains the diabolical plan a little bit says he's the watcher he's a god awful job of it but he for what it's worth was the watcher <laughs> I'm,
1: the, I'm the watcher it's a very low paid position
0: <laughs> uh, the town needs fresh blood um, and they always move new families into the dead house and uh, that once, he's, once he's explained that part of the diabolical plan Ray says I'm sorry and floats above Amanda and starts to floats. choke her.
1: <laughs> Goodness me! I mean, yeah. Do you see what I mean about this sort of? Because there's the skeletons at the dining table, and then there's the suddenly floating, strangulating twelve-year-old. Like there's some properly creepy, freaky shit in here, in a way that I think Goosebumps didn't do later.
0: Definitely, and it, it, ranch, it, it sort of it, it ramps up a, another level here as well because Josh turns the light on Ray. Um mm. to sort of I think kind of find out what's going on because it's a bit sort of checked out.
1: <laughs> Josh has just been off to the <laughs> side, kind of casually looking around, yeah, whatever, this isn't about me, so I'm uninterested. <laughs> then he goes, Oh, what's going on over here with the flashlight?
0: Yeah. Ah! But he, he turns the light on him and then the description of um of what happens to Ray is really quite gruesome for a children's yeah. book. It says, um, Ray's skin folded and dropped and melted away the bone underneath was revealed his eyeballs rolled out of their sockets and fell sli- silently to the ground
1: right and i mean I, I mean i'm not saying that's out of place in the in the horror canon but i'm, I'm not sure there's that many bits of fiction for 12 year olds where that would be quite what's on deck mm. on the other hand goosebumps started in the sort of late mid late 80s right yeah right so this is the same era that gave us you know happy fun family kids romp raiders of the lost ark which <laughs> ends with nazis having the flesh melted from their bones for your entertainment and pleasure on screen yeah. so i uh,
0: yeah different times that that's that <laughs> is very much the image i had when i read that actually is that, yeah, that scene very... in raiders well, of the lost
1: ark exactly to the point where i think he's nicked it basically. <laughs> like because i'm pretty sure this was published later because there's a they did this thing as well didn't they where goosebumps are still in print um and so they update certain creepy dates in it. Oh, but they yeah. up- so in some of this in this one, like somebody died in two thousand and four. Uh, but all the other dates are like died nineteen eighty nine. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure this was published in nineteen eighty nine. And so R.L. Stein has just gone. what's well, really creepy, but apparently appropriate for kids. Hmm. How far can I push this? Oh Spielberg! Spielberg did it. No, this is fine. Here we go. Melty flesh. <laughs> Eyeballs out. One two.
0: Yeah so so they so we, so basically ray melts so that's that so they yeah. they they run home um amandra and josh they get back and they realize mum and dad are still out so actually they weren't in the house before anyway oh, they've gone to some yeah. party or other and mum and dad are still out there
1: what oh dear
0: yeah so we've got to get them and we've got to get them out um, again, yeah. a, the, this bit here with sort of disappearance of mum and dad, similar to it's happened in um, Horrorland as well. This it is a scary thing when your parents yeah. disappear when you're little. Yeah. So yeah, that true. is a bit of a classic one he draws on. Um, yeah. So they've got to go and find them and save them, and then suddenly Karen Somerset and some of her sort of some of her other bad, bad heads are there, and she <laughs> says, "What's the hurry?"
1: The, the the hurry is that your ghosts
0: the, 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 ah! <laughs> i like this line we used to live in your house and now we're dead in your house <laughs> <laughs> that is classic shit horror dialogue isn't it
1: goodness me we used to because it would it, we should be we used to be alive in your house and now we're dead in your house or we used to live in your house and now we we die in it <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't quite work as a creepy thing, but I suppose for a twelve year old that's not bad so yeah. again, whatever the central organizing authority is of of Dark Falls, absolutely phoning it in getting the kids to do all the work by the way, but they've done <laughs> nothing to get this girl able to actually put across a creepy phrase they've just been like listen, it's really important that you say something creepy because it really uh oh, it makes it stick, but um you just make it up, yeah, mm. just something 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 dead, just
0: go for it yeah you get a bit of exposition in the house as well where they say everyone lives in dead house when they move here for the first time they bring in a family a year to kill um and now it's your turn but then there's a knock at the door and the ghosts vanish <gasps> and the kids are like yes mom and dad are back so they run downstairs mowing um, <sighs> yeah mom and dad are back and knocking on their own <laughs> front door uh is it would be a unusual and you know i just let yourself <laughs> in your own
1: house. <laughs> anyway. hello is anybody in
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know they're frightened and they're clutching at straws so they run downstairs open the door of course it's not mum and dad it's Mr. Dawes but that's still sort oh. of welcome because he seems like a, you know he seems legit and he's saying yeah. we've got to get your kids out of here he says he was at the party with, with mum and dad and the, the three of them managed to escape Um, mum and dad decided not to come home and to go to the amphitheatre instead
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean there are holes in this story but then again these are R.L. Stein parents, maybe it's the most natural thing in the world to have a very threatening experience at an otherwise delightful little (laughs) soiree and to send one of your fellow guests to make sure your children are alright while you go and check out the cemetery like perhaps in this universe that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so Compton dolls gets them in the car. Says we've got to get go. We'll go. We'll go to the amphitheater to to meet mum and dad. Um, this is again. This is a bit like this is every like Stranger Danger warning video I ever watched when I was little. Like mum and dad are over Goodness. here. Jump in the car. I'll tell you this. Yeah. They really, come had, like, with me. Ooh, no. Yeah. Um. Anyway, again,
1: the eighties, Matt. Different time.
0: Yeah. So, uh, they go to the graveyard with this strange man. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, carry on, carry on.
0: Um, and then <laughs> Josh sees Petey again, and takes off after him, after the zombie dog. Uh, presumably Josh just wasn't listening before, when they said that the dog's dead. Just
1: heroically tuned out of what's actually going on around him.
0: <laughs> yeah so um, so he runs off after him um, they lose sight of the, so Amanda goes after Josh they lose sight of the dog and they fall over another gravestone and they look at it, uh oh guess Ooh. what name's on the gravestone Ooh. Compton Dolls
1: no! <laughs> this apparently trustworthy figure has turned out to be a ghost just like everybody else in this town mm. who would have thought chapter
0: 16 they're grabbed by the ghoulie um, he comes up behind they're, him i'm sorry they're grabbed by the Watts. <laughs> oh yeah um, <laughs> we get a bit more exposition here feels feels a little bit sort of hand-waving um, just, just a bit half arsed <laughs> So there was some, there was some yellow gas leaked from a plastic factory a while back. Then they were all undead. <laughs> the shot
1: and again, they've missed the establishment of the apparently like extremely comprehensive but extremely half-assed supernatural administrative process that's that's been put in place here <laughs> to like issue the letter that lures the people into the into the town and then establish the rules that say they have to be there for a certain amount of time before we can kill them for reasons mm. and then um, we're going to appoint a 12 year old boy to be the watcher in the house again <laughs> to what purpose is not wholly clear um, and we're going to have somebody whose job it is to run around the town preventing the kids from killing the other kids who come because obviously that's what all kids love to do is <laughs> kill people Very. What this chemical I have questions about this chemical <laughs> Yeah.
0: He says, Don't worry, it doesn't hurt to die. And he advances on Amanda. And then I love this. Josh in his MVP moment pulls out the torch, basically goes, Say good night. <laughs> <laughs> Flicks it on. <laughs> and it's like the it's it's the torch version of there are no bullets in the gun and just that click because the torch is broken. It's like doesn't ah! work. That's a good cliffhanger. Good. That
1: is a classic reverse. <laughs> and I, honestly, I can't. I, I actually cannot remember if Josh actually says "say good night." I don't think he you, does. <laughs> if you said that, that is genius. And I implore you to write an update to this book just so you can put because that's what it needs. At that moment, it needs "say
0: good night." Click. <gasps> no. <laughs> chapter chapter seventeen. Josh does some outstanding like last minute improvisation here the torch doesn't work so he just launches it at, um, <laughs> at the guy's head <laughs> classic <laughs> yeah. again smacks into the guy's head and it, I think his, his skull basically caves in and, um, <laughs> and the kids make a run for it um, the sun is now coming up which is good news for the kids obviously
1: Wait, um, hang on, wasn't it midnight before? So Was when they left when they le- yeah well, well okay, okay okay they left the house and went to the cemetery and then went back to the house mm-hmm. right and then went back to the cemetery with comes and doors and now the sun's coming up yeah how far away is the cemetery Eight. and how long has it take? Like, i've questions about this time frame
0: maybe that thing with the kids doing the exposition in the house went on a lot longer than just we expected took
1: forever <laughs> <laughs> and blah, blah 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 something 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 uh, and it's nearly dawn let's
0: go <laughs> yeah they've just gone round the kids one by one karen's like and I, too, came to this house in 1964. <laughs> yeah,
1: yes, thank you. Yes, no, we get, could we move it along, please? Creepy, creepy. Yes, yes.
0: George, could you just explain what happened to you? Of course. <laughs> I, too, came to this house in 1964.
1: Is it just a really half assed like, attempt at a support group, do you think, where ev- everybody has to have their say? Because, yeah, you know, to be fair, Chemical Leak... You know, quite traumatic. You're gonna you're gonna have some stuff to talk out after that. Is this whole process of this town luring people in and then killing them? Are they just trying to get somebody to talk to about it who hasn't <laughs> gone through the experience themselves? Yeah. And then just at some point it always goes wrong and somebody ends up getting killed.
0: Yeah. I'd love it if um if in like the film version of this I can just see it as it, like them starting to talk and it just keep fading to black and back in again and back in again as, as different ones are talking and you can just see Amanda and Josh getting more and more bored as it comes back in and it's like George is there going so there I was surrounded by spirits." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah
1: it's, uh, dead, dead spooky yeah wonderful <laughs> guys
0: oh, it's 4.30 if you're going to kill us just do just it kill,
1: just <laughs> please that's it isn't it that's what they're doing they don't want to use the baseball bats and they don't want to do the floaty strangly thing they want to bore you to death that's the way new souls are most delicious
0: yeah now the weird thing is now as dawn's arriving this is the moment where all, all the ghosts are coming out of the grave stared over to the <laughs> amphitheatre um, where mum and dad are there but they're tied up <gasps> but, um, they've, so they're tied up, surrounded by ghosts presumably some kind of arcane thing is going to happen where the ghosts kill the parents here but Josh has got another idea again, he's, he's pulling it out the last few chapters Josh, he's pulling it all out of the bag he decides, why don't we push the tree over, which is sort of keeping everybody in the shade um, he tries to do it, and it won't budge Uh, chapter 18 it will budge after all
1: (laughs) (laughs) again rewrite this book and use these as chapter titles because that's magnificent (laughs) chapter 14 the tree won't budge chapter 15 it
0: budges (laughs) so this is i I felt this was the um like even more raiders of the lost ark than before he pushes the tree over the light hits everybody and they all start to melt like in, yeah, I think the why, fact that,
1: why do they do this meeting at the point of dawn? By the way, like,
0: quite yeah, <laughs> and and the, the fact that mum and dad uh, tied up again like tied up as well. It almost I can, I can almost imagine it like in Indiana Jones where they're tied against that pole with their eyes closed.
1: Yeah, it it just, it, yeah. Every set piece in this, Matt, is a ripoff of, <laughs> of Raiders, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark without any Nazis. Is what it is.
0: <laughs> um, chapter eighteen. Uh, no, so, yeah, this is the end actually, the final chapter. Um, so, yeah, all the ghosts melt, and then uh, the they decide, they decide to move. Like mum and dad say, right, we're out, we're off. We're, we don't want to we're live here anymore. In um, a bit. <laughs> as they're leaving, a new family arrives, and there's someone at the door in a cowboy hat who looks suspiciously like Compton Dawes, welcoming the new arrivals. <laughs> And Amanda sees them and presumably just looks at them and thinks, Oh, screw them, I'm getting in the car and getting out here. Sucks oh, to be in. Forget! <laughs> <laughs> no word of warning about, the, about the desperate, no. horrific death that's approaching this family. Like
1: we've literally just left the cemetery where we ended up <laughs> on a sacrificial pole as a result of this, this situation. Also, all my stuff's still in there. What are you doing selling the house already? got my books got my clothes set up it's really really oh, okay
0: so yeah she jumps in the car the family even mum and dad fresh from being tied against that pole surrounded by melting zombies decides not to say anything they're to this like, poor family
1: let's just not talk about it But also I like I like the idea either Comson Doors is still alive which means that this whole thing about killing the zombies like it doesn't work mm. and presumably they're still in mortal danger or there's something about a real estate agent in a cowboy hat which is like inherent in the dark spirit of the town. And that's that's also quite entertaining, the idea that like it's just like the one the one constant in this endless round of evil is an estate agent. And I
0: I wonder I, I wonder I find if that it's, easy to believe I wonder if it, it is his cowboy hat that saved him everybody else else's time. <laughs> he's just been stood there with the hat on, like, oh well. Yeah, you should no, have all got hats. I,
1: I told you all, didn't I? Mm. Broad brim, long afterlife. <laughs> huh?
0: Yeah, 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 Jimmy. You, oh, oh, I'll look, I look stupid in a cowboy hat. Well, you wish you had one day, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> Who's
1: stupid now, Jim?
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's it. That's the that's the end. I've got to say, I I think in general, I I enjoyed this. I think it was better, certainly better yes. than in elements than than, than the others. But the end's a bit disappointing. It feels like he just had enough and just sort of <laughs> yeah. It there's,
1: it's one of the sort of classics of um, uh, of like storytelling thing is like how quickly you can end a story. And, and um, uh, William Goldman, who's a screenwriting uh, screenwriter, wrote about um, North by Northwest, which basically resolves all, they're like an incredibly tangled plot in about two shots. It's like it's this incredibly quick end, and it feels elegant and it feels satisfying. Because it was Hitchcock. This absolutely just feels like, and I've hit the end of my word total for the book. Full <laughs> stop. <laughs> Done. And
0: they yeah. left. Yeah. What was your What was your overall impression of that one?
1: Um. It It was a lot more gruesome than I was expecting it to be, and I, th- I honestly do think now we've talked about it that that is because he just decided to take all of his set pieces for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, uh, no Rolling Rock though, which obviously is very disappointing. But um Um but so it was it was more of a horror genre book, if you see what I mean. Like it's less a books, g Goosebumps genre book. Hmm. You know, where at a certain point it feels like the only way you can get away with a plot as half assed as the cuckoo clock of doom is if you've already established a market and an audience and you just, you know, it's going to be creepy there's going to be a, you know an 11 or 12 year old kid with useless parents that has something creepy happen to them mm-hmm. done give me the money please mm-hmm. this feels a lot more like what if I was to write a horror novel for teenagers
0: yeah and yeah. that's
1: and and, and and it's just and in that way you know it's derivative but it was effective and it was you know it was very well put together I thought
0: yeah Yeah. it kind of feels like it was It felt. it felt like it drew really heavily from it sort of started off a sort of a yeah, teen, tweens version of *Turn of the Screw*, moved yeah. into a tweens version of sort of *Day of the Dead*, and ended as a tweens <laughs> version of *Red as the Lost Star*. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But, yeah. In many you know, ways, I suppose nothing wrong yeah. with
0: that.
1: No, no, absolutely not. And like, and you know, all that means is that the people who read this first have a lot of good things ahead of them when they come to finally read *The Turn of the Screw*. And watch *Day of the Dead* and *Raiders of the Lost Ark*, because mm. uh, I think all of those things are better than this. <laughs> but, e- but 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 e- but equally, it is a Goosebumps book, and as a Goosebumps book, it's perfectly good.
0: Shall <laughs> um, so we'll we do a few reviews? <laughs> oh,
1: oh, oh, Matt! I tell you what, we've been away for a while, and it's the <laughs> reviews that I've missed the most. Here's apart, a apart obviously, from your wonderful voice. But
0: here, here, thank you. Here's an interesting, <laughs> but um. Possibly surprising little fact: not many one-star reviews at all of this one. Really? Yeah, universally acclaimed. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Universally (laughs) acclaimed. There were more more one-star reviews of some of the giants of world literature that we've done than there was of "Welcome to Dead House" Goosebumps.
1: I suppose. I suppose it's because there's not much fun aiming punches at Goosebumps. Welcome to Dead House.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and I suspect there's probably more people have sort of read Pride and Prejudice and gone on to <laughs> yeah. talk about it than have read Welcome to Dead That's House, right. although it's also, done very well.
1: Lot Lots of people have been obliged to read uh, Pride and Prejudice. Very few people have ever had a teacher <laughs> push Welcome to Dead House <laughs> into their unwilling hands and just get told to get cultured.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so some five stars to kick off. Um, Emma says this is the first and probably the best goosebumps book, right up there with Terror Tower, Ter- Terror Tower, and One mm. Night at Horrorland. Oh, maybe we should try the Terror should... one next time.
1: Oh, yeah, ma- ma- maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe.
0: Yeah, we've read two of the Carry three on. best ones. <laughs> <laughs> no cuckoo clock of doom in there i know
1: i disappointed not enough love for the cuckoo clock of doom
0: one that i consider doing by the way is called beware the snowman and the thing i loved about that was the title is beware comma the snowman which either means it's you're saying to the snowman beware beware the snowman or it's a warning from the snowman he's going beware the Snowman,
1: <laughs> <laughs> or or it's a snowman who is called for some reason, beware. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, anyway, maybe, that, maybe that's for another time, but yeah, she, she says it's great. Um, there's a good twist on the old haunted house routine, it's not exactly a haunted house, um, it's a town inhabited it, by the undead. It, it which is, is exactly more a
1: haunted house, it's just a haunted house in a haunted town,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Dana says this book really brought me back to my childhood I'd always loved Goosebumps but somehow never heard or read this one I was not disappointed although the book is marketed towards younger individuals I find myself getting a little anxious and even fearful for the characters after reading which I managed in about an afternoon it made me want to read all of the Goosebumps books again which is just (laughs) what Arlstein was
1: that is setting yourself a task though isn't it there are about (laughs) 9,000 Goosebumps books clearly knock this out in about the same amount of time as it would take you to read one and so like aren't there millions of these buggers (laughs) yeah yeah so you've really really gotta love it like this book must have been like like crack for the hypothalamus (laughs) to make somebody want to go and read all the rest in this enormous series
0: (laughs) cindy says a good and creepy read i liked the characters josh and amanda they were interesting and well-written children um, <laughs> I, I, would, li- would you say? <laughs> I like the plot with the dog. Um, <laughs> the dog's bit, my favourite bit, I think. Um, yeah,
1: absolutely. Petey for life.
0: Yeah, she she does also say yeah that, that when the strange things start happening at the house right at the start, that sets the tone really nicely. I I completely mm-hmm. agree with that. Yeah, 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 very much. Um, Jeff gave it two stars. He says, "Jeff.
1: Does <laughs> Jeff, Jeff recently come from any other part of written literature such that he's applying two star standards to this?"
0: Jeff is the kind of name where I, I wonder if he's one of the uh, inhabitants of the town. Of, uh, <laughs> this, is, falls, this is completely
1: is. unfair. Besmirches the good people of Dark Falls. <laughs> yes, we're dead, but there's nothing we can do about it.
0: <laughs> A real hack job. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um. <laughs> R.L. Stein barely spent an afternoon in Dead Falls. For the real story, see my forthcoming memoir, yeah. Dead and Loving It The Dark Falls Story. <laughs>
0: Dark Falls. It's not as bad as you think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I want a sequel which is about the, the Jeff putting together the tourism campaign for Dark Falls. <laughs> D- Dark Falls. Don't think too much about the name.
0: <laughs> Dark Falls is a beautiful old New England town which has had a somewhat of a checkered reputation in recent years.
1: <laughs> Dark Falls, we've definitely cleaned up all of the chemicals. <laughs> yeah.
0: 156 days since our last plastic factory accident. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 156 Eldritch Resurrections Since the Plastic No I mean 156 days <laughs>
0: uh, Anyway Jeff says It's creepy Enough to start The series off But the writing Is not good It's, <laughs> it's, it's also not argue a, With that It's also Not clear What these People are Ghosts Zombies Something in The middle I remember Why oh, I, I loved The series brilliant. So much but, I like,
1: I, I, I'm probably More on the Jeff side Of things Than on these Other guys uh, Side of things but I do love the idea that Jeff's primary objection to this is that he, he's not quite sure <laughs> which category to put it in on his extensive horror bookshelf. <laughs> Does it go with zombies, would you say? Is it more of ghouls? I mean, there's poltergeist activity, I suppose. I just really R. L. Stein just isn't 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 <clears> categorizing things well at all.
0: Mm. I think they're ghosts for what it's worth, more than zombies. There's no flesh eating for a start. Although maybe oh, maybe, that's maybe that's they're... just because they haven't done it yet.
1: They haven't got to that Getting point the yet because they're so cag handed <laughs> about this whole process. <laughs> Listen, it's very simple. You just brains, brains. None of this complicated administrative process, you know, 12-year-olds appointed as watchers over the house, baseball bats and amphitheaters and the rest of it. <laughs> just over-organised
0: zombies. That's what this book contains. Laura gave it two stars and said, this is classic Dads in Horror 101. This place is great, honey. We can make a fresh star here. What could possibly go wrong?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Laura's wavelength here. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Ben's two-star review is good. Ben says, quote, we killed someone who was already dead. There. That one sentence just about sums up how ridiculous the concept of this book is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, he's not wrong... But that is sort of all horror, eventually you end up causing the demise of the usually already dead antagonist that you're dealing with, right? <laughs> so I'd, <laughs> I'd love to know what he thought of, um, uh, what was the Edgar Allan Poe one we did last time? Oh, The um,
0: Fall of the House of Usher.
1: The Fall of the House of Usher. All it is, house falls down. <laughs> what's that? What's, what's that? <laughs> Rubbish. Rubbish. <laughs>
0: Uh, Cassie is a rare one-starrer. She says no character development, ending doesn't make sense. Did they or did they not kill the ghosts? There's no explanation of why they needed new blood every year and the only reason we get for a mass ghost town is a yellow gas release from a factory. Of course the parents were typical you're making it up characters it would have been refreshing to read about a parent that actually believed their children.
1: Hmm. Yeah it wouldn't have been a very good horror story though would it? (laughs) (laughs) That's, Starting yeah. with my, well, my, my, my well-adjusted family life, really nothing bad happened from there.
0: The end. <laughs> yeah. Dad received this obviously fake you've got a new house letter in the mail and said, that's going in the bin. The end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we continue to live happily in the town where I was born.
0: Yeah, presumably the, the letter must have said, you have inherited a five-bedroom house in a random town all we need is your bank account and sock code, <laughs> and we can transfer the house immediately. It's like those emails we get in the um, in the Shartley Royal. Uh, oh, what is it? Oh, Shark the Royal spam podcast. spam folder is yeah. a sight to see. Yeah, Shout the Royal podcast at if you'd like to add to it. Um,
1: or, or send us an email that's not in the least bit spammy. Perhaps we can... <laughs> yeah. As you like, though, audience, <laughs> you do whatever you like.
0: Uh, the final five star review for today uh, comes from Kai um kai says something i really like about goosebumps is that many books pick up on things that are especially harrowing to children and spins them into scary stories welcome to dead house is like an anime series starting off with the arrival of a transfer student and kicks off the franchise with a family moving into a new home in a new town what is it that's so unsettling to a child about a big move the unfamiliar house the new strange town the lack of friendly faces and Deadhouse plays with all of these. Even as an adult, it's easy to see how distressing a creepy tone, an eerie house and parents who don't want to hear about it can be. And he finishes by saying, Welcome to Deadhouse is a genuinely creepy book and easy, easily one of the most solid entries in the Goosebumps series, devoid of camp gimmicks mm, or comedic Ooh. relief. It's an unexpectedly chilling thriller.
1: I, I agree that there's not. he's not trying to make it funny. <laughs> Although I think, as as we've seen, there are a certain that that does lead him to some unintentional comedy, and perhaps after writing this, R.L. Stein was like, "Look, they're going to laugh anyway. At least they're going to laugh at the jokes I tell them to." <laughs> um, but but yeah, like uh, it's interesting. I kind of agree almost with everything that people have said across most of those most of those reviews. But I definitely don't think it's five star. I definitely don't think it's one star. <laughs> what did what did you what what was your what was your thing on it? What, what stars would you give it?
0: I think. In the brackets of For a Goosebumps book, I'd say it's up there, I'd say it's probably four out of five.
1: All right, um, all right, nice, nice. nice.
0: It, as, a, as a standalone, like, going up against some of the books we've read in our however many years we've been doing this, um, I'd have to sort of put it in the bang average category. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And it's, it's it's nakedly a book that's written to achieve bang average status. So I think you've given him exactly
0: what he wants. there, I agree. <laughs> the the last couple of chapters, I certainly got the impression of a it'll do. Um, yeah, oh the end. goodness, yeah.
1: Was it? And this is the weird thing. We we had this a bit with um, Ian Banks way back when. God, that's a horrifying parallel to draw. <laughs> by the way, I'd like to apologise to to the memory of Ian Banks for doing that. But there was that sense of why is it the first book that an author writes where they're definitely not working to a publisher's deadline is one where you, it feels rushed at the end mm. because uh, the, the Wasp Factory felt like this as well, didn't we? We oh, were just shit. sort of like you can audibly hear him putting his pen down because it's Christmas Eve and he wants to go and have some food <laughs> like, it was, and, and this is even more pronounced this is very much the teen fiction version of this where it's just like oh and uh, we left the end
0: but yeah, I've still I've, I've I've enjoyed reading it, I've enjoyed recapping it. Yep. So thanks to R L for um for that. It's been another R L. It's been another sort of PG thirteen uh horror book to read, but uh good <laughs> stuff. Good stuff, I would say. Thank you very and uh, that, that completes the hat trick of Goosebumps books. I think we'll do something else next year.
1: It does. Left foot, right foot header. Yeah. Yes
0: but yeah hope you've enjoyed that hope you uh, hope it brings back a few memories if you read it when you were little um, or if you it might, maybe it's inspired you to go out and, and read it again in which case uh, <laughs> Donkey hums up too much is a powerful <laughs> thing but um, it's good in places you've got to give it a magnificent life. magnificent